Well, if you were here last week, let me see one more show of hands. How many of you were in service last Sunday as we kicked off our Philemon series? If you weren't here last Sunday, I want to encourage you. You have homework this week. Please go back uh, on YouTube or on evangelchurch.com. You can find part one of this series. It's so important uh, that you would take a moment and take some time this week just to listen or to watch that sermon, uh, that message. I believe it will help you. I believe that it will um, meet you at a place of, of great need, and it'll give you some incredible insight into God's Word. Uh, this is a two-part series, and you're catching part two, but it's a, it's a great time for you to jump in. It's never, uh, never a wrong time for you to dive into God's Word, but I want you to get the most out of it. So please take a, a bit of time this week and just dive into that. We're taking time today to study one of the shortest books in the Bible, um, and it's the book of Philemon. It's written in the New Testament. If you have your Bible, would you open there again with me this morning in Philemon? I said uh, last week that if you're not careful, you'll miss it. If you, get to, uh, if you get too far into it, if you get to the book of Hebrews, you've gone too far. If you get to Revelation or First and Second John, you've gone too far. If you're still in Ephesians or First Timothy, then you're not there yet. Uh, the reason why I say that again is that Philemon really, in many of your Bibles, only takes up one page of the entire Bible. But don't let the size of this book um, discourage you from the impact. It's so impactful. It's short but powerful. And the truth that comes to us from God's word today, from what the message of Philemon speaks, is something that's so applicable today that will help us, that will uh, transform our lives and our very identity. And I want to pray that one more time, that the Lord would meet us, that his word would be open to us, that our hearts would be open to the word of God, that we would receive everything God wants for us to know today. Amen? So come on, would you just join me in prayer to that end, and would you just ask the Lord to come and speak to you today through his word. Lord, we ask you today to speak to us from your living word, Lord God. Make it alive in our hearts and in our life today, Lord God. Would you allow the truth of what you want to speak to penetrate, Lord God, the broken parts of our hearts, the calloused parts of our hearts, the numb parts or the parts we don't feel anymore, Lord God. We ask you, Holy Spirit, come right now. Open our hearts again. Soften our hearts to be able to receive exactly what you want, Lord Jesus. You told a story about those who heard and received the word, that there were those where the, heart, the, the ground was hardened and the seed could not come in and take root, where it was shallow and there were rocks and other things there that it couldn't, that, that it would just warm up and burn out, that there were thorns and thistles and worries and all these things that were captivating the mind and so it always got choked out by the other priorities. But then there was fertile soil that received it and that brought about great fruitfulness. Lord, we ask you today, Lord God, we desire to have hearts like that, Lord God, that are open and receptive to what you want to say to us. And today, Lord God, if there are weeds and worries and other things, Lord, we lay them at your feet today, Lord God. If there are other stones and things, Lord God, that are under the surface, we ask you, ex excavate them from our hearts today and place them in. And Lord, if there's a hardness there, Lord God, today, Lord, we ask you to come and just soften our hearts to you, Lord. We turn away from whatever it is that might stand in the way of us receiving from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are we ready to jump in, church? I just want to catch you up on where we were last week in, the, in what we covered just very briefly. If you weren't here, 
Um, but this book of Philemon is a very short book in the New Testament. It was written by the Apostle Paul, who was a follower of Jesus, who wrote most of the New Testament scriptures that we have. The Apostle Paul was a transformed life. And God met him in such a powerful way. And while he was in prison, because he got arrested for following Jesus, he wrote a series of letters during his uh, different imprisonments, and he would send them to the church or to different individuals. Those letters ultimately were captured and brought together, and they became the word of God that we have here, that over time, as the church circulated these letters, they saw the inspiration, the power of God speaking through them. They say, this is the word of the Lord. And they, they captured that, brought it all together, and it became the scriptures that you hold in your hands today in the New Testament. So one of those letters that was sent was sent to a man named Philemon. Philemon was very wealthy. He had, from, from what we can learn about him, we don't know much, but we know a lot from the context of what's written here even in this letter, that he was a man that was wealthy. He was a man that was a believer in Jesus. He loved the Lord. He had a church, and this church was meeting, and he was a part of a prominent church uh, that was there in, that, in this area of Colossae and in, 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 the, in kind of the greater area where Paul had ministered and spent a lot of time. So he knew um, Philemon. Another thing that's important to note is Paul himself led Philemon to Jesus. He shared the gospel with Philemon, and Philemon became a follower of Jesus. Now, in that day, in that time, in Roman culture, slavery was a, a, a ready practice. It was something that was happening. It was a way of life for the people in that time. And, and I talked about it last week, that that could feel disturbing to you today. And while we abolished slavery nearly 200 years ago, a little less than 200 years ago as a nation, I want you to know that today, and why we saw Pastor Mandy, who has committed herself to the missions project that you just heard about, is she wants to be an abolitionist. You know what an abolitionist does? It sets slaves free. You know why her ministry exists? Because there are today more slaves in the world than there have been at any time in human history. So church, we cannot fall asleep because we're living in America and say, no, we abolish slavery. No, slavery is still happening. Human trafficking is happening. Uh, manual slavery, uh, child slavery is happening all over the world. It's rampant. And we have a missionary that's, that's helping to set people free, especially from human trafficking, which is a terrible form of it, um, and, and sex slavery here even in the United States. So, um, so slavery is still a reality, but it was a very widespread and accepted reality in the Roman Empire. And the way that they would get slaves back then is the Roman Empire was this um, giant juggernaut of a nation that was literally going and conquering other nations and lands. And when they would conquer another people, they would just take them as slaves. They became spoils of war. And so people became possessions. And I want you to see that with this, again, whenever humanity, when the image of God has been so uh, fragmented and broken and demeaned and degraded, we can see how much is an affront to God. God created man in his image. He created, the Bible teaches that clearly, but we see through the brokenness of humanity that these, these atrocities like slavery become a reality and a widespread practice. And you even had it where there were people that were believers, believers in Jesus, and they would have slaves. And so we see this man named Philemon, he is, he's in that camp. He has a slave. He has someone. We don't know much about him, but his name is Onesimus. And he is his slave. Now, here's what happens. And this is the whole reason Paul writes this letter to Philemon is that Onesimus runs away and steals something from Paul. He takes something, uh, not from Paul, from, from Philemon, and he leaves him. And so whatever he did, he wronged him. He fled for his life. He ran away. And when you became a runaway slave, 
Uh, that was one of the worst places you could find yourself because if anyone found you, if anyone arrested you, if anyone was able to take you captive, then it's basically a death sentence. Uh, the, the way of life for you after you've been a runaway slave would be so demeaning, so burdensome, so broken. I talked about it last week that there are really three things that many would do, and you can find these as you look at Roman history, what they would do in the Roman Empire to a runaway slave. One is they would take you, they would beat you, they would brand you normally on your forehead with a hot iron with the inscription or the abbreviation for fugitive, F-U-G, would be branded onto your head. Another thing they would do is they would put a neck collar on you. Almost think about it, like I said last week, like, like my dog would wear a collar to identify. But this is this giant um, kind of iron-clad neck collar that's very heavy and has the inscription about the person who would, uh, wh whom this slave belonged to, they believed in that time. That was number two. Number three, if you were a runaway slave, one of the ways they would punish runaway slaves, they would crucify them on a cross. So the same way Jesus died for our sins on the cross, that was a form of punishment in that day. That's why it happened in that day, because the Roman Empire used crucifixion as a means of torturing and killing people, and one of the groups of people that they would do that to was runaway slaves. And so we see this happen here, and we see this is the setting for this letter that came from Paul to Philemon. Paul wants to talk to Philemon about something that's very near to his heart, because Paul has had the opportunity, I believe through God's providence, to meet Onesimus. We don't know how, because Paul was in prison. Perhaps Onesimus was arrested for something. <clears throat> and as he was arrested, he came in contact with Paul. And Paul, he had heard of, because he was in Philemon's home, and Philemon came to faith in Christ through the Apostle Paul. Perhaps it was that he fled to Paul for refuge. So as we look here, I want you to look in chapter 1, or really the only chapter of Philemon, and as we look at this, we see that Paul introduces himself. He calls him a brother. Paul begins to, in verse 4, says he always thanks God as he remembers Philemon in his prayers because of the love he has for all God's people. And so he begins to just speak to Philemon, but he brings up this issue. He says in verse 8, look at it. This is why I'm boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ Jesus because it's the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I simply prefer to ask you, consider this a request from me, Paul, an old man, now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ. Paul brings this huge request. We talked about it last week. I ask you to forgive Onesimus. I ask you anything he's done wrong to you. Lay it down, Philemon. Anything he's taken from you, do not ask for payback. I ask you to embrace him and receive him. In verse 10, he says, I appeal to you to show kindness, not to your slave, Philemon, not to your servant, Philemon, not to this former person of you. He says, I ask you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. See, Paul says, I have become the father to this runaway slave while I was in prison. What does that mean? That when Onesimus came to Paul, when he began to talk to him, when he began to talk to him about his past and what he had done and, and his brokenness and his issues, here's what Paul began to share with Onesimus. He said, yes, there's all these issues, but this issue that you have here, Onesimus, it's not an issue just between you and Philemon because you see there's a bigger issue called sin. 
and there's a brokenness. And Jesus is the only one that can truly set you free. You want freedom, Onesimus. The freedom can only truly come through Jesus. That's an eternal freedom. And Paul shared the gospel, the good news about who Jesus was. Paul shared the good news about what Jesus could do in Onesimus' life. And he says, you want to experience real freedom. You want to experience a grace that can cover you and can lead you and can set you free. It will only come through turning your life to Jesus, Onesimus. And Onesimus said yes to follow Jesus. He was saved. He was baptized. He came into the faith. And now as he's there, that's where I want to pick up this morning. Are you still with me, church? Because here's what we need to think about. We're seeing a lot of what Paul is saying to Philemon. And there's not a lot that's said here to Onesimus, but there's so much we are learning from what is about to happen because Paul says, I want you to receive him. But here's what Paul also says to him in verse 12. I'm sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. There, what came into the heart and mind of the apostle Paul? What did Onesimus have to weigh in his life? in his being, to be willing to agree to leave the Apostle Paul and go back to a place where he could be beaten, where he could be crucified and killed, where his entire life could be lost. What would possess someone to do that? He's gone now. Paul can't leave prison. Paul can't keep tabs on him. Paul can't do anything. Paul says, I need you to do this, Onesimus. I need you to go back to Philemon. I need you to meet with him. Why? There's one word. And this word is so powerful, church. This word is so transformative. This word has the power to change and transform your life. Do you know why? He sent him back for reconciliation to take place. You may have heard of that word. You may not know much about it. I think that for some of us, it can be a foreign idea or a foreign concept. But I tell you this, the reason Paul sent Onesimus back to Philemon's home is because it was needed for reconciliation to take place. When we look at what reconciliation is, reconciliation is defined as the coming together of a strained relationship, as the rekindling and the re restoration of friendship or relationship with one another. Here's what I realized so often in many of our, our lives, we have to realize that this is true. We can't get to the right place the wrong way. Let me say that one more time. You can't get to the right place the wrong way. Oftentimes we are trying to do that. We try to bypass the things that are difficult, the things that are uncomfortable. And, and just think about it. Onesimus ran away he ran away from, from his master. He ran away from his home. He may have taken something. He had wronged someone. And now he finds himself in the right place. He's in the right place in Christ. He's come to Jesus. He's in this place. But there's still this unresolved issue in his life. And yes, has Jesus forgiven him of his sin? Yes. The answer is yes. He forgives him of all of his sins that he's able to repent and, and come, to, come to Jesus. He's laid at the foot of the cross. There's nothing in our lives that can separate us from God's love if we're willing to lay it down. But here's what the Apostle Paul realizes. Onesimus, God has great plans for you. God has a purpose for you. He's created you for good works. And there's something that's going to create a lid to that. And it's this unresolved issue you have with Philemon, who's your former master. You cannot live out the calling that God has for you and allow this area in your life to be unchecked. 
There needs to be reconciliation, restoration, forgiveness. You need to humble yourself. You need to go back to him. The Apostle Paul saw that somehow this would be a hindrance, an obstacle. Because here's what the Apostle Paul could do. The Apostle Paul in that time, he was a leader of leaders. He was a leader. He had planted all these churches. Do you think that the Apostle Paul couldn't have written a letter to Philemon and said, listen, I know that he wronged you. Charge it to my account. That's what Paul literally already tells him. And guess what? I'm sending Onesimus. He's, a, he's useful. He's a good man. He's come to faith. Don't worry. I'm sending him to Turkey. I'm sending him to church in Galatia. I'm sending him over here. I'm sending him over there. Don't worry about it. I, I'll pay you back for anything he has, but I just want you to know if you're wondering where he is this is where he is quit sending people to try to find him all is taken care of could the apostle paul have done that are you with me some of us are like that's a good idea can we rewrite this i would have done that that's the way i think about it. it's the way i would think about it but there's something that came into the heart of the apostle that realized on both ends this isn't going to go well for philemon if he doesn't get this resolved he won't be able to become the person that god has called him to be this is going to stunt his growth. Onesimus can't become all that God created him to be whenever there's division. You know, here's what I want you to know, that our horizontal relationships and our vertical relationships are so vitally important. And I do believe that sometimes our horizontal relationships, our relationships with one another, can influence our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And there are times that our relationship with our Heavenly Father absolutely impact our relationships with one another. These are very interconnected. And the Apostle Paul is, is trying to get something across to him. He's saying, I need you to receive him back to yourself. He said, at one point in time, he was not useful to you. The word Onesimus means useful. It was a very, it was a, not very, but it was a common name that was given to slaves. It was useful. And he said, he hasn't been useful to you, but he's useful to both of us now. Because God has a plan for Onesimus' life. God has a purpose for him. And it's so much more than being a slave in your home. God has set him apart and he's called him to himself and he saved him by his grace. And I want you to know today, I'm sending him to you. Here's what I want us to pick up in verse 13. This is what the Apostle Paul begins to say. He said, I wanted to keep him here with me for a while. While I'm in these chains for preaching the good news. He would have helped me on your behalf but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you're forced. Paul says, listen, he was such a blessing to me, Philemon. Onesimus was such a blessing to me while I was in chains, and I wanted to keep him here, but something held me back from this. I knew that that wouldn't be the right way to work, and so I needed him to come to you, and if he's going to come and serve with me, if he's going to come and be used, if he's going to come and do anything, then it must come the right way. We can't get to the right place the wrong way. We can't do that, Philemon. So he's coming back to you. I ask you to forgive him. I ask you to restore him. I ask you to receive him. Here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Corinth. Let's just get some perspective on why the Apostle Paul is speaking this. Here's what he says about the good news, about what Jesus has done in our lives. You know, one of the greatest things that come against Christians. One of the greatest thing, the words that's used for people that are disenfranchised with the Christian faith, people that become hurt, people that become wounded, one of the greatest things that they'll say, Christians are hypocrites. Churches are hypocrites. Has anyone ever heard that before? Has anyone ever said that before? Yes. We see that and we understand it. And there are times like this, it's where the truth of God doesn't permeate our lives in such a way that what we received we're not letting out. 
And all of us are completely subject to this. This is absolutely something that can happen so easily. It can happen without you even realizing it. But look at what the apostle says to the church, uh, says to the church in Corinth. This is Paul writing to them. He said, all this, all that Jesus has done for you is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. For God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For it was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of what? Reconciliation. So that we are now Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ and we plead, come back to God, or as some of your translations say, be reconciled to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for sin, so that what we could be reconciled, made right with God through Christ. This is what Paul knows, that reconciliation is key. Do you want to know what happened when you came to Jesus and he forgave you of your sins? It wasn't just that you were forgiven. Forgiveness is important. How many of you today are thankful that God has forgiven you of your sins? Come on, somebody, would you thank the Lord for that? We're thankful that he's forgiven us. But Paul says it's more than forgiveness. Do you want to know what has happened because of that forgiveness? Reconciliation. There's been a restoration of relationship. That you and I, the relationship with God was severed. It was broken. We were, the Bible says we were God's enemies at one point because of our sin. But because of what Jesus did, he came and he stood in the gap. And he brought us back into right relationship with the Father. He brought us back that today our sins aren't held against us. Today we're not outcasts. Today we're not orphans. Today we're not broken. Today we're not hopeless. Today we have a hope and a future because we belong to God. We're his children. We're his sons. We're his daughters. We are in right relationship with the Lord. And this is what he says he's given to us. If you're a follower of Jesus, is anyone a follower of Jesus today? Does anyone love the Lord today? He says this, you want to know what your, your mission is? Reconciliation. Do you want to know what your message is? Reconciliation. Do you want to know what your purpose is? Reconciliation. What do you mean? It's that to see other people be reconciled, be brought back into right relationship with God. Are you with me today? That's our purpose. That's why we exist, to bring people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. That's why our church exists. That's why we're here. That's why we're placed here, and that's why God hasn't just taken us to heaven. So we get back to that word hypocrisy. Are you with me? Say it with me. Hypocrisy. Paul sends this letter to Corinth. We've been given the message of reconciliation, and here we have a believer and another believer who aren't reconciled to each other. Onesimus, your purpose now is reconciliation. For you to fulfill the fullness of your purpose, how can you not be reconciled to another believer? Because here's, here's, here's what Paul's saying. He already says it to Philemon. He says, Philemon, when Onesimus comes home, he's not coming to you as a slave. You don't receive him back as a slave. Because you know why? Everyone that's in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. That, that's who he used to be. He's not that anymore. Now he's a son and daughter of God. And guess what? If I'm your spiritual father, Philemon, and I'm now his spiritual father, 
then this isn't slave master, you're brothers. You're brothers through God. And he said, now what we have here is not a slave master dispute. We have two brothers that are in opposition to each other, and I need you to be reconciled to each other. Are you following me, church? What does this have to do with me? Do you, think, do you understand what it has to do with you? If there are other people that are in the faith, other people that belong to the Lord, other people that, that are followers of Jesus today, if God has reconciled us to himself, if God has given us that message of reconciliation, why do we get to these places in our lives, in our walk, in our faith, where we, cannot, we can choose to not be reconciled to our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you with me? You got real quiet because you don't like what I'm saying right now. I, it's okay. You don't have to like it. This is what the message is that Paul's talking about, though. Are you still with me? He said, if, if, if he's come to Christ, you've, you, you belong to the Lord. You've been reconciled to God. You've been given the message of reconciliation. What now stands between you being reconciled to your brother? What he's done to you, what he's done to hurt you, he said, if it's really that big of an issue, charge it to my account, Philemon. That's what he literally says. He goes on to say, Philemon, if he's done anything to harm you, charge it to me. And he says, but I won't even mention, which he mentions, that you owe me your very soul because I'm the one that led you to the Lord. It's written there. You can go ahead and read it. And so we see this idea. And, and so if you're taking notes today, I want to give you just a few words about reconciliation because it's powerful. It's about being brought into, back into right relationship, into right standing, right connection with each other. The first thing that I'll tell you is that reconciliation has to begin with God. I really believe this. It's very difficult if you have a dispute, if you have something that's happened, and it's someone that has, doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, it's hard because there's not a common ground that you can approach on. You've been forgiven, and yes, you should do everything in your power to make peace and to live in peace. <clears throat> but today, if you're struggling with this idea of reconciliation, the first question you have to ask is, have I been reconciled to God? Have I experienced his forgiveness in my life? When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We connect the vertical and the horizontal so often. So it begins with God. And as that happens, if God forgives you, he gives you the capacity now to forgive others. It must be intentional. It has to be something. You can't just say, well, maybe it'll just happen one day. You've got to set the time, set the place. Be intentional about making that connection. It must be bathed in prayer. It demands humility. There can only be humility. Even Paul himself, who's an apostle, the way he speaks in this letter to Philemon, he doesn't say, I'm telling you as an apostle, this is what you must do. He said, just consider this a request from an old man in chains, Paul. That's how he talks about himself. There's a humility that Paul's modeling, and he's, he's doing it to seed the ground of Philemon's heart, I believe, so that he'll have the same humility when his former slave comes back. And even for Onesimus, he has to humble himself. He's left. There's such a weight. There's such a burden. Have you ever wronged someone? Does anyone know what that feels like? Have you ever done something you know you shouldn't have, and you feel the weight of that, the shame of that, and you have to humble yourself and go back to them and say, I didn't do this right. I'm sorry. And it also requires vulnerability. And often that vulnerability, I mean, you talk about someone that's vulnerable. Onesimus is literally, you couldn't be more vulnerable. You're literally walking back to, to a people in a place where you could be crucified and killed. And at any moment, for basically no reason at all, let alone all that he'd done. 
So he's vulnerable. And there are times whenever you, if you want to really be reconciled to someone else, if you really want to walk this process out, if you want to say, Lord, I, I want the same reconciliation you brought. Lord, there are people in my life, and I feel that, Lord, it's not right. You want me to be reconciled to them. You're going to have to be willing to become vulnerable for that to happen. Are you with me? Some of you have checked out. It's okay. <laughs> reconciliation isn't complete without forgiveness. Forgiveness is not optional for reconciling a broken relationship. You can't withhold forgiveness and think you can ever be fully reconciled. You can't. You're withholding something. Forgiveness involves letting go so you can get on with the rest of your life. Some of us think that when we are choosing not to forgive someone, that we're holding them up. You're not holding them up. You're holding yourself up. You think you're holding them captive because they owe you something. You're holding yourself captive. The bars, the chains, everything you think you're holding against them is being held against you. You're, you're, you're stuck. We become stuck in unforgiveness. Forgiveness means that we do not require any money, any words, any actions as payment. Forgiveness is about payment. Forgiveness is about I'm owed something, and what you have to be willing to do if you're going to really forgive is saying, I let go of the need for any repayment of any kind. I hold no debt. I let it go. It means that there's no continuing resentment or bitterness. There's a pain that could still be there, but the bitterness can be healed. It can be released as that happens, and we can move on hoping for the best from one another. Can there be forgiveness without reconciliation? Sometimes. Can there be times where there are consequences that are so grievous and so difficult that reconciliation can't be happening the way that, it, that, that, that you'd wish it would? If there has been something that's happened. And here's what I would tell you. What we're looking at here is a, is, is a huge instance, and there's a lot of vulnerability, and there's a lot going on here, and I'll invite Pastor Rick and the worship team to come. But here, here's what I would tell you, that you can't take what Paul's written to Philemon, and I'll say, this absolutely works in every instance where there's issue. As long as they're a believer and you're a believer, there are absolutely cases and instances, church. Hear me right now. Lean in. Where there could be something so grievous, so painful, so dangerous that you can't take that step back and be fully reconciled. There could be something that's become so broken and the consequences of the brokenness have caused it, it, it can't be repaired, can't be reconciled. Irreconcilable differences. There could, there could be moments that that happen, but did you see what I said earlier, that it must be bathed in prayer? And here's what I will tell you. In Christ, I believe that there can always be some path towards reconciliation. And we have to be willing to be the ones not to decide, but to let God decide whether there's reconciliation that's possible. Are you with me? It's too quickly, I think we feel because of our pain, because of how much it hurts, that it hurts so deeply, therefore there can never be reconciliation. That, I, don't, I don't believe that's your choice or my choice. I believe it's the Lord's choice. Are you with me? And I think what we have to do is we have to be willing to lay that before the Lord. If you're wondering today, if there's something that's happened in your life today, I don't know if I could ever be reconciled to that person. I doubt that I could. What do I do, pastor? Here's what I encourage you to do. Would you find someone? Find a pastor, find a leader, find someone to pray with you on that. Do you think that this letter that Paul wrote to Philemon wasn't bathed in prayer? We know it's the living word of God. The Holy Spirit was leading all this conversation, this entire part of it. And I believe in the same way. There are people here, there are broken relationships, and you have resolved yourself to a certain place. But perhaps God wants to do something different, something deeper. And if you're willing to open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak, God might have a path forward that he's looking for. 
he's desiring. But, but I'd encourage you, lay that before the Lord in prayer and invite, invite a seasoned believer, someone who will pray, someone who God uses with wisdom to be in the midst of that conversation to pray with you on that. Don't sit alone. Is that making sense? Are you with me? See, what Paul chose to do is he chose to stand in the gap. He chose to stand. He knew both of them. He understood what was going on. He began to ask them of that. If we don't get this thing right, if we don't allow reconciliation to take place where the Lord desires for it to take place in our hearts and lives and relationships, it can hinder our relationship with him. Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24 says, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to the Lord. So what does that mean? We come to worship today. We come to worship at some point in time. You come to draw near to God. And as you're there, it comes to your heart and mind. I'm not right with someone. He says, it's, it's appropriate. Leave the church. Leave the place of worship. Leave the place of prayer. And go and call and, and be reconciled. Talk with them. Spend time figuring out and praying and asking that. And he said, then come and, and offer that to the Lord. Restore the relationship as much as you can. Paul said to Philemon, you may have lost Onesimus for a little while, but God's working out a bigger plan, a greater plan, that you might have him forever, not as a slave, as a brother in Christ. Galatians 3.28 says, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, all are one in Christ Jesus. That he, Jesus, in Ephesians, Paul says, he tore down the dividing wall. He brought peace to us. He cast down everything that would stand against us and separate us from one another. Paul says, if you consider me your partner, then I want you to do that for Onesimus. I want you to extend this, this forgiveness. I want you to allow reconciliation to take place, Philemon. I want you to receive him back and not just receive him back as a slave, but I want you to set him free completely. I want you to receive him back as he is in Christ as a brother to you now. Could you imagine what that would have done? The ripple effects through the entire community. How people could see, how could this happen? It only happens because of what Jesus has done. It's a living example of the gospel lived out. So as we close today, the, the question is, the question that's been burning on my mind is, what happened to Onesimus? Wouldn't you like to know? Did it work? Did it not work? Well, I think we have a lot of evidence that it worked. Could you imagine that something would have found itself in the scripture where as they're circulating this letter, they say, well, what happened to him? Oh, well, I, I think he died when he got back to uh, that. <laughs> this didn't work out very well. Are you with me? Do you understand? But we also have this amazing little nugget in Colossians chapter 4. And here's what, here's what Paul says. He's sending some people to the church in Colossae. He said, I'm also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. And he says, he and another brother are going to tell you everything that's been happening here. And then we go on in later church history. Are you with me still, church? And the, Timothy, you've heard of Timothy. Timothy is who Paul says is with him. And Paul sets him as a leader, as a pastor in Ephesus. Paul sets Timothy as a pastor in Ephesus. You got that? After Timothy isn't pastor any longer in Ephesus, he hands it over to someone else to begin to pastor. This person becomes bishop over these churches and a leader, and his name happens to be Onesimus. That in the actual...
actual church history in, in there from Ignatius and Jerome and other church fathers in the first century talk about this guy named Onesimus who was bishop over Rome, who was a leader who ultimately died for his faith in Christ. Is it the same Onesimus? Onesimus is a common slave name. If it isn't this Onesimus, then there's another story about another slave who came to faith in Christ, who raised up, who was discipled, and then who would succeed Timothy, Paul's son in the faith, as pastor over the church. And as his, I think it's the same Onesimus. God brought him from a slave to a brother to a bishop. Here's what I could say. I really believe it in my heart. Without the forgiveness and reconciliation, I don't think that's the story. And I think that there's so many of us, come on, would you just bow your heads with me right now? There's so many of us that God doesn't see a slave to who you used to be. He doesn't see your past. He doesn't see your brokenness. He doesn't see even the thing you're struggling with right now. He doesn't see the hurt in the relationship. He doesn't see the broken marriage. I mean, it's all there. He sees everything. But what he really sees today is he sees the future that he has for you. He sees the calling, the high calling that he has for you. He sees the amazing things that he has planned for your life. He sees the future generations that are going to be impacted by the right choices that you would make. He sees everything. He sees it all right now. And I believe what the Lord sees is the very thing that's standing between you reaching the place he has for you just might be forgiveness and reconciliation. This would put a lid on everything. And today, if you feel stuck, today, if you feel like you've just been spinning your tires, today, if you feel like there's a brokenness within you, a bitterness within you, and it just hasn't gone away, and you thought time would deal with it, but it hasn't, it's eating away at you and festering, today, the answer is forgiveness reconciliation. Let's start with the Lord. Ask yourself today, is there anything between you and the Lord? Is there anything that you need to confess to him right now? Is there anything strained and broken between your relationship with him? Because it begins with God. If there's something right now, would you just begin right now to confess it to the Lord? Begin to tell the Lord you're sorry. Begin to acknowledge whatever that is. Say, Lord, this is what it is. Lord, I can feel it in my heart today. Lord, I, I don't believe this pleases you. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for your mercy, Lord God. I ask for you to wash over me, Lord. I turn to you today. Help me, Lord. Today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You can only be reconciled to God through Jesus. That's what the Bible teaches. You can only be brought into right relationship with God. Your sins can only be forgiven if you confess them and you put your faith in Jesus. Today, if you've never done that or it's been, you've run very far away and you feel like you need to recommit your heart and life to Jesus, I'm going to pray with you. Repeat these words with me if you need to do that today. Pray, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins. They've separated me from you. Today I turn away from them and I turn towards you and I put my faith in you, Lord. I thank you for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose again. And today I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. With your heads bowed, your eyes still closed. If you said that prayer for the first time today, would you just wave at me? Would you just lift a hand up high above your head if you said that prayer today and you turned your heart to Jesus? Praise God. Is there anyone else? Anyone else today? Praise God. Anyone else? Just lift your hand high. I want to pray over you right now. This is why I want to know if you're here. 
Thank you, Lord, for those that are responding. Lord, I thank you for those that said that prayer today for the first time. Lord, that today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of a brand new beginning. Today's the day where they could experience your forgiveness and your grace and your mercy. Lord, wash over them. Welcome them into your family, Lord God. Help them to experience the newness of who they are in you, we pray. And Lord, I pray you'd surround them with people that love you, that can help them walk out the journey that you've called them to. In Jesus' name. Amen. With your head still bowed, your eyes still closed. We've, we've done this now between us and the Lord. Now you begin to ask the Lord, and you probably already know it, is there someone that's coming to your heart and mind today that you're not right with? That the Lord is asking you to forgive today? Is there someone today that you need to ask for forgiveness from? Is there someone today that you need to be reconciled to? Would you begin right now? We're going to ask the Lord to help us to help us walk this out, help us to apply his word to our hearts and our lives and to open doors for forgiveness to flow, to open doors for potential reconciliation to happen as the Lord would allow it, as the Lord would prompt it, as the Lord would lead it. So today, if that's you, just begin to pray right now. Let's just begin to ask the Lord to help us. Oh, Lord, we need you today, Lord God. We ask you to help us, Lord God, to let your word wash over us, to let your word lead us, Lord, to let your spirit guide us. And, Lord, to help us, Lord God, today we choose to forgive. Come on, if you're making that choice today to release it, that's something you can choose to do. Do you forgive today? Make that decision and tell the Lord, Lord, I choose to forgive. I choose to lay it down. I cancel the debt, Lord God. I require nothing back. Oh, Lord God. Well, that's you and you're just, you're choosing forgiveness today. Would you just voice that to the Lord? Would you just speak that out today? Thank you, Lord. As you've forgiven us, Lord God, we now release forgiveness in this house, Lord God. We release forgiveness, Lord God, over those that have hurt us, those that have offended us, those that have um, wounded us, those that have, have, have created issues in our lives. Lord, we release it today. And now, Lord, we pray. We pray, Lord, where there isn't reconciliation, Lord, where there's division and where there's a brokenness in relationship, where there's strain. Lord, would you help us? Would you guide us by your spirit? Would you allow there to be open doors, Lord God? Would you allow there to be times, Lord God, and divine seasons, kairos moments, Lord God? These appointed moments, Lord God, where we can come back into that right relationship, where we can reconnect, where restoration, where forgiveness, where healing can flow, Lord God, and where you could release the plans that you have for your children. So, Lord, we commit this to you right now, and we ask you, Lord, lead and guide us, Lord God. Those you're prompting us to, Lord, talk to, to have conversations with, Lord God, to go and ask for forgiveness from, to, to, to give, to grant forgiveness, Lord God. What, as that happens, would reconciliation take place? And for these deeper, even more difficult areas, Lord God, would you guide us with wisdom, with strength, and with your spirit, that, Lord God, we can see reconciliation in the areas that you desire. For those that are here today, Lord, that have wounds and pains, and there is not a person alive that they can go and be reconciled with, Lord God, I pray today by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would come upon their hearts and you would do a work of healing, in grace over them, that as they choose to forgive, as they choose to release the burden, would there be a reconciliation even deep within their hearts, a deep healing that would happen even now, Lord God, that there would not be any unresolved issue, Lord God, but there would be an incredible healing, an incredible release, an incredible freedom and breakthrough, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, would you bring it today, Lord God, by your grace and by your mercy. Lord, we just commit this day to you. Come on, church, would you stand to your feet? 
Lord, I just pray your grace, Lord, and your face to shine upon your sons, your daughters, that, Lord, today we would walk in a freedom that isn't our own, Lord God, that as your word applies to our hearts and lives, that you would set your sons and daughters free, that, Lord God, in the same way we see the incredible story, the incredible power of what happened with Philemon and Onesimus, would that become our story, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you, church. Thank you for being here today.